it's important that we gain the perspective of God. In other words, we've got to be able to see things the way that God sees them. We've got to realize tonight, folks, that we're fighting a spiritual warfare, a spiritual battle. How often does that happen? Every day. If you're a Christian, it's happening every day in your life. And we need to realize that the only solution to that as to be victorious is putting your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. If we, if, if, unless we do that, we're going to fall every time. Every time the devil comes knocking at your door with temptation, we'll give in to it. Every time we knock, he knocks on the door trying to commit us to, trying to get us to commit sin of some kind, we'll give in to it. Because we are not strong enough in our own effort and power to overcome the devil and his demonic forces. They're stronger than we are. And we've got to understand that. But when we get God's perspective on the topics of sin and temptation and addiction, you know, that's what I, we're going to be talking about tonight, is addiction. Tonight's message is entitled, Broken Chains. You know, God made it possible for us to be victorious over everything that comes against us in our life. And we've got to put on the armor of God and, and begin to use those weapons that God has given us. In Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about the breastplate of righteousness. It talks about girding our loins with the belt of truth. It talks about picking up the shield of faith in which we'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. It talks about putting on the helmet of salvation. It talks about uh, putting on, uh, picking up the sword of the Spirit and using it. Because it's the, the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. And we need to have that in order to fight against the devil. And so whenever the devil comes against you, you just begin to quote the Word of God to him. You just begin to tell him where the cow ate the cabbage, in other words. There was a woman at the church at the bank that I used to work at when uh, I was in Dallas working at uh, M Bank Dallas while I was attending Bible college, and her name was Sister Ada, and she was a terror to those that were disobedient to God and the Word of the Lord. I tell you what, if she saw something going on that shouldn't be, she wouldn't let it pass by. She'd address it right then, right there in the department. She'd say, now cut that out, or, or something like that, you know. Like I said, she addressed sin as if what it was. It was sin. It was, it, if you took the name of the Lord in vain in her presence, forget that. You, you bought the, the farm with that one. I mean, she was on you like quite on rice, so to speak. She, she was after you. And so what I'm saying is, is that we need to understand that the devil wants us to be addicted to things that are not in God's Word or not according to God's Word that we should be involved with. We need to, the Bible says, to abstain from the very appearance of evil. In other words, it doesn't even have to be a sinful thing. Let me tell you, like one, for instance, is uh, being addicted to television. Now, in and of itself, it's not a sin to watch television. But if you sit there and you just continue to watch it hour after hour after hour after hour, you just continue to do it, it's taking away time that you could be 
spending with the Lord. And so it could end up becoming a sin in your life if you're not careful, because it could become an idol in your life. Or there's also, uh, now these are sinful things, pornography. You know, a lot of guys today are addicted to pornography. They're either going to strip joints or they're getting online and, and getting involved in watching porno pornography on the uh, uh, computer and, and stuff like that. Or maybe they're going to a, an adult bookstore and picking up a magazine of, of Playboy or Hustler or something like that. Or maybe they're they're doing, you know, or just adult books, in other words. They're, there's people that write stories about sex and stuff like that. And so they may be buying those things. All of that is sinful because they're doing it. Because if they're doing it, they're actually even, we may not think of it this way, but Jesus does. I'll tell you in a minute what he says about it. But we have to understand, if we are married, we've got to understand we're actually committing spiritual adultery. We're even doing it if we're not married. But we're actually cheating on our spouse if we're doing stuff like that. And we need to stay away from that, guys. And then and Jesus says this about it. He says, if you look at a woman with lust in your heart, you've committed adultery. That's right. And we need to understand that God is serious about his word, folks. He's dead serious. And he wants us to live righteous and holy lives in the days we're living in. So if you're addicted to pornography, you can get rid of it tonight. If you're addicted to drinking, you can get rid of it tonight. You, I'm going to call for an altar call. And if anybody's got an addiction of some kind that is a sinful way, you can just be released of it tonight because the power of God is greater than anything that is trying to attach itself to your life. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a, a movie I saw called Fireproof, and in that movie is this guy and wife were having troubles in their marriage and headed for divorce. And one of the reasons is because the husband is addicted to pornography. And anyways... He, he was doing this thing called a love dare that the dad had sent him in the mail. He began to do everything that was in the book to do. And it was like 40 days to do these things in. And anyways, he one of them had to do with parasites. And it said that a parasite is anything that takes the, the, the position of God in your heart and life. And, it would and he started listing things, and he said it can include lust and pornography. And so anyways, what I'm saying is that if there's any ungodly thing in your life that you need to get rid of, or if there's anything that's not necessarily ungodly, but it's a thing that could become ungodly in your life, you need to bring it and bring it in tonight and get God to give you control over it, just like I have. I started putting more time or a lot of time on a golf course and I was still taking care of my pastoral duties. I've never let that stop me from doing what I have to do as pastor. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't spending that much time on the golf course. But the Lord brought to my attention one day you're spending a little more time than you ought to be. You need to be spending a little more time with me. So I went ahead and I made a uh, pact with God on that and I get to play a couple of times a week by his permission. 
But other than that, I, I, if I'm more than that, I'm out spending too much time on the golf course and God wants me to cut back. Well, I've got to make, make a decision. I can either say, okay, God, I agree with you. I'm going to do this. Or I can say, Lord, you know this is a release for me. You know this helps me get over problems in my life. You know that this is a big time enjoyment for me, God. You know, and I could just rationalize it that way and just forget what God was dealing with me about. But if I do that, I'm walking in disobedience. And I'm not going to walk in disobedience. If I do that, it's going to be like I talked about Malachi this morning. I'm placing myself under a position to be under the curse of God. And I'm not going to be under the curse of God. So what I'm saying to you tonight is this. If there's anything that either could become a sin in your life or something that is a sin in your life, it needs to be dealt with tonight. And we're going to take a look at a few passages of Scripture. The first one, the first one is, is in Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. And when you find it, if you would, stand with me as we honor God at the reading of his word. Romans 6, verse 11. It says, Likewise you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust, and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? I want us to, you may be seated this morning, I want us to understand something here, folks, before I finish out the week that I've got scheduled. I want us to see that sin is a real thing, and it's got consequences. You know, there's people that are in dire need of finances that, to try to fix their problems, are actually making things worse. What I mean by that is, they're, now I'll just come right out and say it. It's not a popular thing to be said, but it's a truthful thing to be said, I think. And that is they get into the lotto, the lottery stuff. They're trying to win cash on the lottery so they can pay all their bills and have life of luxury and all that stuff. The problem is, most of the time, they're not going to make very much money, if at all. They'll make a little bit here and there. It keeps drawing them back to it, but they're not going to end up hitting the big one, so to speak. But now, on occasion, some people do. They hit the big one, and they're happy as a gay lark and all that stuff. And it's nice that that happens, but let me tell you something. Most of the time, it's not going to happen 
and you're just going to dig a deeper grave for yourself because you're using the money that you could have used to pay bills with to make things better in your life. Instead, you're using them on these lotto tickets, and then they're going to just be disappointing, and it's not going to make things better. So what I'm saying is, is that we need to be careful about how we spend our money and what we spend it on and ask God to help us give, give us wisdom to know what to spend it on and how much and all that good stuff. So like I said, it's, it's important, folks, that we search our own hearts tonight and see if there's anything that could become an idol in our life or could become a sin in our life or if we have sin in our life. Because the Bible says this in the book of Psalms. It says, he, if I have an, if I regard iniquity in my heart, he will not hear me. In other words, talking about God being the he, he won't listen to your prayers if you're living in known sin. And we've got to understand that. There are consequences. That's one, that God won't listen to us. And if he's not listening to us, he's not going to answer the prayer. And if he doesn't answer the prayer, the situation may never get better. And if it never gets better, we may go out of our minds. So we need to understand things could only get worse in our heart and life if we're living <coughs> in known sin. <clears throat> That's why the Bible says that if we will, if we will confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, I've heard people tell me before, saying, well, that's talking to sinners. Well, I don't think he is. I think he's talking to his people. And he's trying to tell them that if you make a mistake, well, if you sin, you can make things right through repentance. And they're, the ones that I'm talking about that have said something about that to me has said that, well, that's just talking about sinners. In other words, it, that's that one-time repentance thing. That's all that you have to do is to repent one time, and it's all good. It's all taken care of. You never have to repent again for anything. Well, that's not true. We've got to repent. Every time we make, do a sin, we've got to be quick to make things right with God over. We've got to confess it. We've got to admit our guilt in it. And we've got to ask God to forgive us for it. And we've got to turn around and head the other way from it. And so I'm here tonight to tell you, folks, that sin is serious business. God is serious about his word. God is serious that we need to be obedient to his commandments if we want victory over sin in our life. And just like I said, what I just read, we talked about that just a minute ago. And I'm going to go ahead and continue on now in verse number 17. Because if you're doing any, if you're obeying sinful ways, you're the, the, the slaves of sin. And we need to be the slaves of God that leads to righteousness. Verse 17, but God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. You know, it's so important that we catch what, what it just said. It said, be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, you obeyed from the heart. That word obeyed actually means to hear as a subordinate, listen attentively, obey as a subject, answer and respond, submit without reservation. 
In other words, we ain't just submitting to God. We've got to do what his word tells us to do. But not just out of ritual and love. I don't get brownie points with God or even forgiveness or anything else just because I pay my tithe, just because I pray, just because I sing songs of worship and praise, just because I do what Christians would do. That's not going to earn me any brownie points, so to speak, with God. It has to be out of the motive of love. In other words, Jesus said to his disciples one day, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Mm -hmm. Now, like I said, you can't just do it out of ritual and rote, not just observance to, to observe. It's got to be from the right motive, and that's one of love for him. You want to do what pleases him. You want to do what his word says because you don't want anything to stand between you and him in y'all's relationship. You you understand where I'm coming from, I hope. That's what we're talking about tonight, folks, is breaking the power of sin off of your life. Breaking the power of addiction off of your life. Because there's other, there's other addictions that people may be addicted to, and I'm not going to go into it whether or not that, that uh, smoking is a, a sinful behavior. I don't, I'm not going to go there tonight, but I will say this, that it can become a sin. And the way I, reason I say that is because it can take your life over. It took my grandmother's life on my mom's side, my dad's side over. She had smoked from, I don't remember how old, it was a young age. She smoked all the way into her 70s when she died. And she died of cancer. I don't know if it was breast cancer, lung cancer, or what. But anyways... And, and I'm saying is, is that it, it is destructive. It also even says on the package now, it says that cigarettes are addictive and are bad for your health. And it just plainly says it on the package now. And we need to understand that we've got to put those things away from us. We've got to understand that we've got to walk in pureness, purity and holiness and, and righteousness we want to make heaven our home. And so then it goes on to say in verse 18, and having been set free from sin, you became the slaves of righteousness. Verse 19, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh, for just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. Which means unto sanctification. That word sanctification is simply talking about uh, cleaning your life up. It needs to become a godly of life. That means getting rid of the old things, the old things of the world, the old things of sin, the old things of how you used to live, and letting the Holy Spirit put inside of you the things of God, like love, joy, peace, loving kindness, uh, long-suffering, all of these things. The fruit of the Spirit, in other words. Let him give you all of that in its place for your sinfulness. You know, we need to make an exchange. And that is the exchange we need to make. Sin for righteousness and fruitfulness in our relationship with Jesus. And then I want to take another look at another scripture. 
next found in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. I believe that word strongholds is talking about addiction and sin in our lives, okay? And that's things that the devil has set up within us for a long time. We can still be set free of it and removed of it. Verse 5 says, Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now listen to this. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That word obedience means it signifies a ten of hearing, a listening with compliant submission, assent, and agreement. In other words, we need to do what God's word says to do. We got to listen very attentively to what we hear, whether it's through the Holy Spirit, whether it's through our reading of God's word, or whether it's through the preaching of the word from the pastor or the evangelist or the guest speaker or whoever it is. We need to understand that God wants us to be obedient to his word. And to bring, in order to do that, though, we've got to bring every thought into captivity. Let me see. I think I got that in my phone here. I think I saved it. Uh... Yeah, the definition for captivity, it says is one, this is according to what it means in the Bible, the Bible meaning of it, one taken in war. You say, how does that apply to verse 5 in this scripture text? Let me tell you how it does. you got to remember, we're in a war, folks. We are in a war. And the one taken would be us. In other words, the devil is out commanding his troops and he's out to destroy us and he's out to capture us and make us his slaves. Well, guess what? God is just on the opposite end of that. He's saying, you need to stay free. You need to, to be uh, away from sin in your life and, and not give in to it so that you can serve me. Well, that's what we need to be doing tonight, folks, is serving the Lord. But if we're taken as a as a POW, a prisoner of war by the devil, then we're held captive and we're held bound. But you know what? Greater is he that is in us than he that's in this world. Praise God. I'm, I'm glad that I'm a Christian. Amen. It's not always been easy. But you know what? I would rather be serving the Lord than serving the devil any day of the week. Amen. Because, because I've been on both sides of and I prefer the Lord's side. I prefer being on God's side. He's the one that's going to have the final <coughs> say and the final victory. Amen. He's Amen. going to give us victory over everything that's going against us in this life. You know, sometimes right now we may have to go through some things that we don't particularly want to be going through. But then the Bible says that that happened to Paul. And it says that a messenger was sent by Satan to buffet. And he, it says that he, it, for the purpose of keeping him from becoming prideful, 
about the revelation that he had been given by God. And then he prayed three separate occasions saying, Lord, take this thing away. I'm tired of dealing with it. Get it out of my life. But finally, the Lord said after the third appeal, he said, my grace is sufficient for you because my strength is made perfect in your weakness. You know, we under, we need to understand tonight, folks, that things are going to happen in our life that we may not ever get rid of until Jesus comes. But until that day, we're going to maybe have to continue to deal with it on a daily basis. But instead of complaining about it, learn what you can from it and trust God to give you the grace to overcome it each and every time. I'm telling you folks, that's the key. It's God's grace and your prayers to God's ears. You need to spend time in prayer. You need to spend time in the Word. Maybe God's going to give you the answer to your situation in the Word of God. But he's like Sister we said this morning, we need to be workmen, uh, study the word to prove that we are workmen worthy of, of whatever. And, and so anyways, what I'm saying is, is that we need to understand that we need to get into the word, we need to get into prayer, we need to get into being in the presence of God on a daily basis. I told people at the nursing home today, maybe, I think I told them there, maybe it was this morning here or something. Anyways, I remember saying this, that I said, you need to spend time with God every day, whether it's morning, noon, or night. You need to spend time with the Lord, and that's important, so that we can gain strength to overcome the addictions in our life, and overcome sin and temptation in our life, to overcome any trial or tribulation that we're having to deal with and face, any uh, thorns in the flesh that we need to understand that we need Lord's strength in order to do all that. We've got to put on the armor of God. There's one more thing we need to do that I'm going to finish out with. It's in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In verse 5, it says, take every thought into captivity. Verse, and these two verses tell us, especially verse 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. And how do you do that? By the renewing of your mind. In other words, we've got, as I said earlier, before I started reading the text, we've got to come to the point where we realize God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We've got to gain God's perspective on things. We've got to be able to see things and understand things the way that God does. And the Bible tells me that I can have the mind of Christ. Matter of fact, it tells me in, in Philippians, I believe it is, around chapter 2 or 3, it says in verse 5, I think it is, says, have the same, have the same mind that Christ had. In other words, it tells it's almost like a commandment. Gain God's perspective. Gain his way of thinking about things. 
Think like he does. Get his mind on things. Before you go off half-cocked working, doing this or doing this over here, ask God, what is it you would have me do? You know that WWJD that used to be popular? It needs to be popular again today. What would Jesus do? And then do it, praise God. We need to walk in God's ways. And you can't do it if we don't understand them. We can't do it if we don't know how he's thinking about things. You know, that's what we need to understand is that the world has a whole different way of looking at things than God does. And the world says, get vengeance. The world says, get vengeance. Whenever somebody does you wrong, you do twice as bad to them as they did to you. But you know what? God said, love your enemies. You know, another thing is that he says, go with them... Uh, in other words, we need to understand that we cannot, it says in the Word of God, it says to overcome evil with good. Don't retaliate. Don't go back at them. Don't take your vengeance back. Just give God the opportunity to deal with the situation. He always knows how to deal with it better than I do. And he does it in a godly way, praise the Lord. Sometimes it even brings that individual to salvation. You never can tell the way God takes care of things as to what might happen to that person. It made them harden their heart more against God and then turn their back completely on God and God threw their mind over. And he, and so what I don't know, either way, it could be the fact that, that it could either be something good for me or bad for them or whatever the case might be. But I do know this that I'm going to obey the word of God, and it tells me to give place to vengeance. In other words, let, the Bible says, I will repay, says, says the Lord. So let him take care of whatever it is, however they might have treated you, how badly ever they may have treated you. Just turn it over to God, present your care to him because he cares for you. And he's going to do what his word says he'll do. His promises are yes and amen. They will come to pass, whatever they might happen to do. So I'm just encouraging you tonight, folks, to let sin become a thing of your past. And don't continue to live in it. Now, am I going to be able to live, or are you going to be able to live without sin for the rest of our lives till Jesus comes? I very highly doubt it. I've heard preachers say that you can't get to that place. I think if you get to that place, then God's about to call you home. But I'm here to tell you tonight that every time you do sin, between now and eternity, just go to the Lord and confess it to him. Repent of it. Fully repent of it. Ask Jesus. Confess it to God. Tell him that you're sorry for what you've done. Admit your guilt in it. And then repent of it. I mean, ask God's forgiveness for it. And then turn away from it. And go the opposite. What I'm here to tonight to tell you is none of this is easy. It's going to be a hard road to hope. But you know what? You can do it. If it's greater, it's he that's in you than he that's in this world. Let's bow heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you tonight, Lord, for breaking the chains off of our lives. Whether it's sin, temptation, whether it's whatever it might be, God, Help us, Lord, not to have any idols in our lives.
we have them, help us to get rid of them tonight before we leave. Help us to repent of any ungodly things we may be worth dealing with in our lives. Help us to give those things to you tonight, whether they're sinful or unsinful. We just ask you to break off any and all addictions in our lives. God, we just turn them over to you right now. We thank you, Father, for your, through the power, the resurrecting power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, that we're being, being set free even now from you. And we give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor for it. In Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. You know, at this time, I'm going to ask once as I always do, if there's anybody that's watching by Facebook Live or here in person, if you need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I ask you to make that decision for the Lord right now. Because time is running out, folks. It's getting near the, the judgment day. In other words, there's Jesus is about to come back. And when he does, he's coming to judge as judge. And we need to be sure that we're ready for that judgment. We need to be ready to stand before the Lord at the end to when it becomes the eternity. We need to be ready to, to make sure that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And the only way you can do that is by putting your faith and trust in Jesus. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except by me. The Holy Spirit is the one that's going to draw you. And I ask that you just listen to the Holy Spirit right now. Those of you who are on Facebook Live, I want you to listen as well. I just want to lead you in a small, short prayer that will bring salvation to your souls. If you mean it in love, if you mean it in faith. Dear Heavenly Father, I confess my sins to you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you, I admit my guilt in all of my sins. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I ask you to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And I thank you, Lord, for your salvation in your Son, Jesus Christ. And I thank you that he's coming into my heart right now to deliver me from all of my sins and to forgive me of all my sins. I thank you that from this day on, he's the one in charge of my life. And he's going to live his life in me and through me from now on. And I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you said that prayer right now in faith and love to the Lord God and the Lord Jesus Christ, you're saved. And if that's the case, you need to find a good church to go to that will continue to help to disciple you and teach you the ways of God. And so I encourage you to find one. And I ask if you'd like to, you can come become a person that would serve the Lord in our church. In the Church of Quero Assembly of God, located at 201 West Royce Boulevard, spelled R-E-U-S-S. We'd be loved, glad to have you. Our service times are on Sunday mornings at 1030, Sunday nights at 6 p.m. And then we have intercessory prayer meeting on Tuesday nights at 714 p.m. And we'd be glad to have you. So we ask God to, to ask you to let God speak to 